welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we will be talking about the Indianapolis Colts and their draft. You know, the big part of their draft was, of course, Mr. Anthony Richardson. But we're going to get to that. We have some guests. I'm pretty sure if you're watching, you see these two guests. We have from Hall About Sports, and we also have from uh, Colts Wire, Megan Hall. And we also have from Horseshoe Huddle, Mr. Drake Wally, which I had a joke for, you know, but I'm not going to. I don't know how much in the hip hop you are, but uh, I definitely. <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee you I've heard it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that joke alone. But um, yeah, we'll get into uh, some some uh, Colts talk a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but of course, first, like I always do, I start the show with the Get Off Your Chest segment. And with the Get Off Your Chest segment, it can be talking about football, about basketball, anything that's on my mind. And on this episode, basketball just so happens to be on my mind. We're in the thick of the playoffs. We're in conference semifinals. They're coming down to the end. You know, you got the Lakers up on the Warriors. You got the uh, um, Heat that are basically doing their thing. You got the the Celtics that are, you know, sucking wind versus the 76ers. And you got the the Nuggets that are up on the Suns right now after that tremendous beatdown that they put on them in the last game. Uh, but what I want to talk about is a couple years back, the bubble. Now, with the Lakers being up right now, and you got the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat looking like the Heat team that went to the finals in the bubble, a lot of people have started to think about that magical year of 2020 when the bubble happened. You know, when all the teams were flowing in in the same space and had to play with cardboard cutout fans, and if you advance further, you got your your families to come there. It's almost like you you win a prize. If, uh, it's almost like you're on a video game, and if you won to advance to the next round, you get a prize, and the prize was their family. So, uh, you know, but what I'm looking at is, you know, you're seeing a lot of people bring up those same things that they said, oh, well, the bubble championship doesn't count. It, it, it really wasn't a championship. It was a lot easier. It's not, but I think a little bit contrary to that. I think it was actually harder. Think about it. Think about this. You have all the teams in one place. One place. There is no travel. So there is no advantage to have home court advantage. There's no advantage to having home court or having the higher seat. There's no advantage to it. No teams have to travel. You have the same food. You have basically the same training facilities. All those things are the same. So all the advantages you can have are all gone. It's basically who is going to be the best tactician, who is the, what player is going to win with his will, and what player is going to make the best amount, most amount of plays to win a game. And in looking at that, I mean, I think a lot of people look over that, and I know two reasons that people look over that. One of them is because of the particular team that won the championship, that would be the Los Angeles Lakers, and one of them is because of a particular player that is on that team, that me, Mr. LeBron James. Uh, for what it is, some people love to talk about LeBron James. Some people loathe LeBron James. And either which way it goes, he's in the thick of this conversation, whether he wants to be or not. But to me, the bubble championship was probably the harder of the championships of any of them because everything was even. Everything was, it was an even playing field. Sure, they played months later after – the season was paused, but everything was still even at that time. It is what it is. Whether you like it or not, that's what I believe. And that's what I had to get off my chest on this 
episode of the Touring AFC, AFC, AFC South podcast and this Get It Off Your Chest segment. So, I mean, Drake, Megan, do you have any thoughts on this, what I just talked about? I, if you don't mind, I would love to I just very quickly chime in that that is a fantastic way of putting it because you're talking about the the I mean, the routines that these NBA players are in at this point, they're playing 82 freaking regular season games. I mean, these guys are just constantly flying, you know, never really on their the only time their feet are on the ground is when it's on a, on a hardwood, it seems. Um, the fact that LeBron James, in my opinion, I mean, say what you want about him. It was the veteran. It, you had to have veteran leadership in the bubble. Like I think that was probably more of a value than anything. And the fact that he was able to be with a team that he really didn't know all that well at the time, at least not at that point in his career, th to be able to get through Portland, to be able to get through Houston, to be able to get through Denver, and then to be able to beat Jimmy Butler in the Heat. I mean, that's pretty astonishing given the ridiculous situation all these guys are put in. So in my opinion, I think that it was pretty, pretty dang impressive, especially, you know, like, again, you're, you're in a completely different atmosphere and the veteran leadership really took over and it, it showed just how much command, but also how much respect and skill I think LeBron has it at really, you know, helping a young team and helping a team adjust to anything. Meg, any thoughts? Yeah. Um, I would say that I always found it very interesting that people would try to discount the, the quote unquote bubble championship, because is it not still a championship? It, do you still not? get a ring do you still don't have to play like the talent didn't change there like still the elite talent you got to go up against you know to do that and i get it people are talking about oh well the conditions aren't the same and you know that sort of thing but in my mind i'm like okay you still had to play these games you still had to beat these teams to win and for a lakers team that most people are like ah, i don't really think that they can do it blah blah blah, blah so to speak like i I would still count that championship. It still counts just as much. I don't I don't diminish in any sort of way. Like just for example, the Lakers were to win this year. In my mind, hey, that's another ring. <laughs> add it to, you know, add it to the trophy case. Um, I think one of the things that it really taught me though was people's perception of what is a valid championship and what is not. Uh, and that I thought that was very, you know, it's very interesting that even two to three years later, when you start telling people like your thoughts on the bubble year, it gets people riled up for whatever reason. And I'm like, it was it was the same like it was the same in my mind. The fact that we even had sports going on at that point, you know, you're thankful that you could still watch, you know, your favorite players. So, um, I I think people have to like they have to take that in consideration. There is no asterisk for me that it, like you know it's a championship is a championship. So, yes, a win is a win is a win is a win. Okay, all right, that is the get it off your chest segment. But of course, we're going to transition over to football. We're going to talk about a team that is trying to get a win, then a win, then a win, then a win. That would be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they started out uh, this year not so well this past year against the Houston Texans, of course, played to a tie, which, you know, I, I thought the Houston Texans were actually – I was like, okay, Houston Texans got something for us. And no, they didn't. They didn't have nothing. But uh, the Colts kind of didn't have much for us either. You know, can't say you can say the same for the Titans at the second half of the season too. The only team you really can't say had something for everybody was the Jacksonville Jaguars when they got on the high street. Uh, but this offseason, definitely a little bit of uh, thinking, of course, with thinking about a new head coach as well. You bring in Shane Steichen, and with any new head coach, he's gonna want his quarterback. And 
the excellent or interesting thing about the Indianapolis Colts, they've had a merry-go-round of veteran quarterbacks. Now, this year, though, they decided they were not going to go to the retirement home or the almost retirement home to get their quarterbacks. So this year, they decided they were going to draft one. But we're going to get to that first. But we're going to get to that. But I want to talk about leading up to the draft. Now, there was talk about a quarterback, a particular quarterback, or, you know, a Will Levis, or there was a uh, Richardson, or maybe C.J. Stroud falls to them at four. There was talk of that. Now, be honest, which quarterback did you honestly think that would be, would be you know, with the horseshoe on the side of the helmet, being your quarterback as the draft kind of led up? Mm, Go ahead, I man. guess I'll start. Um, so I saw Drake had his his Colts hat on. I might have to pull out my uh, my little draft hat here that I oh. have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put that on here after I answer here, just to get in the mood. But uh, you know, honestly, I'll say this, um, and and I've spoken at this at length. But uh, Bryce Young was actually my my quarterback, all QB one through and through. And I I knew it would have been a pipe dream, but the Colts just so happened to land him right. Um, so I kind of wrote that off a long time ago. I was like, all right, Bryce Young's not going to be there at four. Like somebody's going to take him. But when all the CJ Stroud talk happened over like maybe two weeks before the draft and, you know, his stocks plummeting and all these crazy, you know, ridiculous stories, it's lion season, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, it became, uh, Hey, CJ Stroud could be there at four, so to, so to speak. So in my mind, my little mock draft, my one and only mock draft that I did, uh, had C.J. Stroud as the quarterback there. So I was like, oh, there's hope. There's possibility. Um, I had him as QB too. Um, but I, again, I wasn't going to be upset if that didn't happen. I kind of suspected it wouldn't, that he was he would also be gone before it got to us. So in my mind, it was like, okay, realistically, is this Anthony Richardson or is it Will Levis? Um, I picked Anthony Richardson. I thought that the Colts were also high on him as well. Thought it would have been a phenomenal fit with Shane Steichen and Cam Turner. Um I think for the Colts, I like the quote they said, you know, hey, all these quarterbacks had something, you know, a knock against them. Why not take the one with the most upside? And that's what they did. Um, And I figured that they might. They might bet on the upside there. Um, One of the things that I think you've not seen the Colts do in quite some time is properly put some support behind a young quarterback. Um, Even back to the days of Andrew Luck, I felt like he did not have enough to succeed, uh, which partially, I think, um, impacted him retiring early. So this is your chance, Colts, to redeem yourselves, to put the pieces around a young quarterback, give him the tools to succeed. If he does, great. That's phenomenal. If he doesn't, then you have to start looking at the reasons why. But I think you owe it to yourself to start building from the ground up and be honest with yourselves about where you are. You're not just a quarterback away because you need multiple pieces, but you need foundation first. So I was not shocked to see the Richardson pick. I was actually really excited because I'm not quite sure how I would have felt about Will Levis <laughs> um, at four. Not that I was like upset about it per se, but just I did not quite see the fit there. And I think that's where I would have struggled a bit to see, okay, what are they going to do here with Will Levis? Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately, yeah, it, it had to be Richardson for me. Um, and with that, you know, I'll do like he did and I'll put on my Colts hat now so we can, you know, reflect the moment. Yeah. Okay, now, Drake, I'll, I'll uh, you know, give the floor to you. Uh, did, you know, Meg kind of summed it up uh, and surmised it uh, pretty well, I must say. Um, 
were your thoughts kind of in line with what she was thinking or did you have kind of a different angle that you were going at? Uh, you know, uh, I, I <clears throat> personally, I think that I had Bry overall Bryce Young was the number one for me. I think that the perfect fit for what the Colts were trying <clears throat> to do with the weapons that they had, and this is pre-Josh Downs, this is obviously pre-draft, but C.J. Stroud, I thought, was the perfect fit just because Steichen preached accuracy. Well, so then C.J. Stroud calls himself a ball placement specialist, and with good reason. The dude was deadly accurate, um, threw some incredible passes at OSU. But, you know, then you started hearing more and more about Anthony Richardson, and I, I think that when – it became clear that Steichen was going to be the head coach. That's when I, I mean, I wanted Richardson. My personal favorite was, was uh, Anthony Richardson, but once he became the head coach, I was like, all right, it's down to either Stroud or it's Richardson. That's it. You know, and, and they're only going to take Stroud if he falls to them. Well, I, it's, it's nothing against Will Levis. I'm right there with, with Meg. I think that if we're talking 2021, Will Levis, uh, you might be looking at the, best quarterback potentially in that draft class with guys like Kenny Pickett and uh, Malik Willis and guys like that. I mean, I'm serious. He, he was killing people in Kentucky and then things kind of fell apart. So I think people kind of removed that 2022 season for Will Levis, but boy, when he was picked, when Anthony Richardson was picked and Meg knows what I'm talking about when I say that there was, it was just, I was happy. First thing I was elated because I loved the fit. I love the fit. I love the vertical passing. I like the running quarterback, the freak athlete. I could just see Shane Steichen probably biting his nails, thinking that dude wasn't going to be able to be available. Um, but Meg knows what I'm talking about when I say that I was so glad it was over because holy cow, you got four quarterbacks. Not one of them is a consensus number one pick like Andrew Luck, and you're not, you don't know who it's going to be. Boy, you get some people that, um, Boy, they, they really want to let their opinions be known. So I, I it got to the point where I was just thinking to myself, for all of Colts Nation, for the love of God in heaven, just pick a quarterback. And they finally did. I thought they could do <laughs> Well, one thing I will say is, uh, and I've heard this a lot from Colts fans, is that they had a lot of Titans fans wishing that they drafted Will Levis, and then now the Titans ended up with Will Levis, which, you know, I, I will say that, you know, I, I, I have kind of uh, – you know, talked about his nicknames that he has been given, but I'll, I'll, I'll retire those for now. But, you know, definitely uh, wishing, wishing the kid well. And uh, hopefully, you know, he proves a lot of the doubters wrong. Uh, but, you know, getting back to the Colts, we got to keep it on track. All right. <clears throat> I've got to ask, I'm going to send this one uh, to you, Meg. Uh, what, what do you think has kind of set him apart from everyone else in terms of the uh, other other top quarterbacks since he's been drafted, in your opinion? Yeah, I think the easy, low-hanging fruit is to say the athletic side, right? Just a freak athlete at quarterback. He's, he's basically a tight end playing quarterback. You know, that's what you think when you look at him. He's massive. But for me, the what I loved about him was just his humbleness, his character. Um, listening to him talk, you could tell the kid's very, very bright. Um, I love the way that he was super grateful for the opportunity, but knew, you know, what was in front of him. It's a right balance of confidence and right balance of, Hey, I'm still very young and I'm, you know, I'm learning here. Um, I think, you know, you just, you just kind of see what Chris Ballard saw and probably what Shane Steichen saw is they're really big on character, really big. He's really big on family. One of the things I thought was phenomenal. He talked about in his, uh, his opening presser 
was he said, I'm moving my family with me to Indianapolis. And not that you didn't think that that was the case, but just the fact that he described, I'm moving my mom, my brother, my stepdad's coming, my agent's coming, both of my agents are coming. So he's moving his support system with him to Indy so that he can stay focused on who he is and what it's in front of him. And I think that's incredibly smart for someone who is 20, almost 21 you know, years old, still, still trying to figure out you know, who you are. But you just got basically you, at your fingertips the keys to the kingdom for a franchise. And that can be a lot for someone to digest. And uh, you've often seen it where quarterbacks get drafted, you know, of course, very young. They don't know how to handle the pressure and things like that. And it can fall apart. So to keep himself grounded, he decided this is what I want to do. And uh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I would say one more thing um, that he mentioned. Um, he talked about, he's like, hey, I appreciate all the love. I appreciate, you know, all, what Colts Nation has given me so far, but I haven't proved anything. I still have a lot in front of me. And I thought that that was really smart as well um, to be cognizant of the fact that like, yeah, just because you got drafted at four doesn't mean a whole lot, you know, really until you get on that field and you start essentially, you know, um, earning your keep, so to speak. Um, so I think that that's really important. He seems to have his head um head on straight, you know, so as people will say, um, and I love that about him. I think that was, those are things that fans are really going to appreciate about him above anything else is that when he gets off, when he gets off the field, he's still going to be Anthony Richardson. Um, and I'll, and I'll say this one more thing. Maybe I like the kid a little bit, but I thought it was hilarious that he, uh, they caught him. He's on the plane and he's like, Oh, my Crocs. And he, uh, <laughs> he'd left his Crocs somewhere. And it just made me giggle because it made me think about Andrew Luck and his like flip phone that everyone teased him about. The guy's a multi-million dollar quarterback and he's got a flip phone. <laughs> so it gave me that <laughs> like vibes of like, yeah, this dude like is he's clearly, he's got his priorities on straight. He's like, where are my Crocs? I need those. So loved it. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm, my daughter and her Crocs, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she, she loves her Crocs. But, um, you know, I've got a different question for you, Drake. I know you're kind of, uh, you know, get to see probably a little bit more than what me and Meg get to see. Um, so, you know, how has he looked so far? I know the kind of rookies have been around for a little bit. How has he looked so far kind of uh, in the blue and white, uh, you know, taking dropbacks and uh, things like that? Well, really, it's, it's down to – it's pretty simple. He's, he's looked about as, as you would expect, you know, uh, he's, he's been, I mean, when they finally let him uncork some passes, they looked absolutely wonderful. I think he had like a, a 55 yard bomb. I believe, I can't remember if it was Cody Crest or um, I might be getting that wrong. Um, but one of their uh, recent undrafted free agents caught that pass and he's been connecting really well, which is huge with Josh Downs. And um, he still had some accuracy issues with the shorter, and intermediate stuff. But of course, that's what you expect. This is a guy who had to play Superman ball at Florida and uh, had a lot to, of, of learning to do with his passing mechanics. And I remember there was actually a video I, I saw where Morocco Brown, it was, it was um, with the, the first or with the next pick actually, where he walks up to Anthony Richardson. He goes, Hey, he's like, you look good, man. You look good. You can see him literally squeeze his arm. He's like squeezing this guy like, holy, he's like thinking, good Lord, this dude's Mike. I think they said Micah Parsons. Someone said he's Micah Parsons playing quarterback, basically. And he <laughs> wow. goes, what have you been working on? Like, what have you been working on, man? Tell me. And he goes uh, in his very deep yet young Anthony Richardson voice. He's like, I've been working on my on my footwork. You know, I feel like uh, I want to you know, shore that up. Don't want it to be sloppy. So this is a guy who knows his weaknesses. He knows he's walking into the NFL very, very, very inexperienced. So um, but as far as camp looks, I think that he's honestly looked about what you expect up to this point. 
But man, there's been moments where you're like, that's exactly why they drafted him. Shane Stacken's got to be elated. And it just makes me feel more and more like they want him to start day one. Gotcha. Gotcha. I can definitely see that. And uh, one thing he's got to learn is the change up, man. He's got the fastball. Just got to get the yeah. change up. Yeah. You know, he, can't, he can't, you know, five yards, he can't just throw it through him. You know, he might, they might catch it and then just, you know, traveling for a couple yards with the ball. But uh, of course, uh, we're going to get to, other draft picks and one in particular that was just mentioned. We're going to get into that and who that is and more right after the break on tour in the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Whether it's local or long distance, Milligan Logistics has you covered. Milligan Logistics was established in 2020 with over a combined 15 years of experience in trucking, hauling, and logistics, along with over 50 years collectively of project management experience. Again, whether it's near or far, Milligan Logistics has you covered with quality service, efficiency while taking pleasure in exceeding clients' expectations. Need goods moved short or long distance? Milligan Logistics has you covered. Just reach out to them at 615-354-2618. That's 615 615-354-2618. Or you can send them an email at milliganlogistics at gmail.com. Again, that's milliganlogistics at gmail.com. All right, and we are back. Now, before we left, you know, we were talking about Anthony Richardson and, you know, just praising him and talking about how he's just going to be Superman out there throwing the football. But, He's got to have somebody throw the football, too. And the Colts definitely added to that repertoire of players. You know, they have Jelani Woods and Michael Pittman Jr. But, you know, you got to sprinkle in a little speed, a little, you know, scant, a little, you know, take it to the house. That would be Mr. Josh Daniels. So he got they drafted him in the, uh, I believe, the third round, correct? Yeah. And, uh, okay. And, uh, of course, he is not your prototypical wide receiver that the Colts draft, you know, the Colts usually like to draft big old tall guys, you know, they could just stride and they take two strides and they maybe they ran like 15 yards, but that's what the Colts like to draft, but they went with this little bitty guy, <laughs> but oh, he's five man. foot nine, but he does uh, definitely have uh, some giddy up. Definitely. So that's a little bit of a different dynamic for the Colts. Uh, what did you all think when the Colts actually drafted a smaller but speedy wide receiver. I'm gonna go with you first, Meg. Oh man, you saw me cheesing already. So uh, <laughs> I've been I've been talking about this for probably about three months now. Of I really would love to see, to see Chris Ballard draft a wide receiver that's not his prototypical. Um, I will say this: if you know Chris Ballard, then you know he loves his Senior Bowl pool. So I was watching Senior Bowl pretty heavily because I'm like, there's got to be a wide receiver here that like could entice him. And Jaden Reed tore up the senior bowl. I mean, super tactile with his routes, just uh, as they say, unraveling <laughs> DBs out there. Um, and I was super excited on him. I was like, I got to go back and watch the tape on this guy. So I was really high on him. Uh, Tank Dell was another guy who I thought like might entice Ballard. Like again, smaller guy, probably not your typical. Um, I didn't even bother putting Josh Downs on the list because I was like, absolutely not. He's not even going to be there. I just won't even get my heart broken about him. Um, I'm just not going to do it. But I remember seeing that come across my phone and I was like, is that, is this real? 
<laughs> it was one of those like, really? Um, and I remember screaming at that point and, and folks around me were like, are you good? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> so I was actually really, really excited. Um, and I, I will say this, if you have not seen Josh Downs and his clip from when he got uh, drafted, I mean, oh my gosh, that's going to make you run through a wall. I don't care if you're a Colts fan or not. Like you just absolutely see the dog in him. Yeah, exactly. Drake, like chills. Um, you could just see like the guy, the kid wants it. Um, so to hear very early on that him and Anthony Richardson were connecting, you know, they're, they're, I mean, so amped about playing football. They're going in the parking lot to go throw the football and catch and get, you know, get familiar with one another. I think that's a really good sign. And I would say this, the Colts have been looking for a T.Y. Hilton replacement since T.Y. Hilton is no longer with the team. I think you're going to find it in Josh Downs. Um, it's a smaller guy, kind of fits T.Y. Hilton was drafted in the third round. Josh Downs drafted in the third round. Um, I think you needed that to add to that wide receiver room. Love MPJ. Love Alec Pierce. I like the Isaiah McKenzie pickup. But beyond that, you start asking yourself, like, okay, what about the rest of the guys on the roster? And it's really not a ton. You like Ashton Doolin because he's got his special team abilities and he can, you know, put, be in some packages here or there. But you – it's again, it's not anything consistent, anything you're going to be, you know, jumping up and down about. Um, so I think, yeah, the addition of Josh Downs, I expect we're going to see quite a bit of him. Um, I think he's going to become a favorite target for Anthony Richardson, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see it. Now, I will say this let me just, uh, you know, some folks may have got mad at my comment talking about this little bitty guy, you know, I did that, <laughs> but um. <laughs> He actually is 5'9". I, I will say myself, I'm 5'11". So I, I, it's not like I am just towering over him. So he's not really a short guy. So just want to, by football standards, yes, he is. But he's not really a short guy. Just wanted to clarify that for anybody. Be like, hey, hey, what you doing talking about short people? You know, stuff like that. I mean, I took no offense to it, you know. Good things come in small packages here. So I was like, well, whatever, Josh Downs. You just, you go ahead and put everybody wrong. Well, there we go. And there we have it. <laughs> All right, but uh, Drake, I wanted to get into uh, kind of what do you think kind of they're going to do to employ, uh, you know, deploy him on the field in terms of, you know, different things to get him the ball. I, I get a little bit of a, a sense of Mr. Naheem Hines feeling about him in terms of deploying him, but, you know, just more of a wide receiver touch as, as opposed to a guy that's lining up in the backfield, although – I could see Shane Steichen potentially lining him up in the backfield. So, but you know, just uh, what what are your thoughts on how they could kind of deploy him this year? So, actually, um, <clears throat> getting into that, like I actually kind of wanted to touch on something that Meg had mentioned when, because on the horseshoe huddle, we've got a couple guys, uh, Dustin, uh, Dustin Adams, Andrew Moore, and Zach Hicks, that wrote this indie draft guide. And it was like 200 plus guys that, you know, and how they fit the Colts. They had Josh Downs as he's arguably one of the best. He's a perfect fit, but they'll never draft him is basically what they said. So the, the <laughs> fact that that happened, uh, I just wanted to say my reaction was pretty much the same as Meg's. I was out actually out in my backyard and my neighbors were um, luckily not outside, you know, tending to their lawn because I, I was Pretty dang excited for Josh Downs. I think that when it comes to his, like how they're going to actually use this guy, first off, he is going to be such a safety blanket for Anthony Richards. And he's going to, this is a guy that usually they, um, to quote Zach Hicks here, they, you know, people don't talk about smaller receivers having a big catch radius. They don't talk about them. Usually, if anything, they struggle with catching because they have smaller hands. It is quite literally the 
opposite in every way with Josh Downs. This guy's radius is quite deceiving. It's actually huge. He catches everything that's within his grasp, and he is a crisp route runner that's only going to get better. And the way they're going to use him is, again, I got to go back to Zach Hicks on this. He just wrote a piece on the empty theory where you've got just Richardson back there, which is what Steichen did with Hertz. Like 15% of his dropbacks were empty sets. And that's just to exploit mismatches, make it two or three reads, and get rid of the ball. I think they're going to do that. I agree 100% with Zach Hicks on that. I think you're going to see a lot of Anthony Richardson if he hypothetically starts. He's going to be back there looking at five receivers set up against the defense and just pick one to get open. And it's a lot of times it's going to be guys like McKenzie, and it's going to be guys like Downs. Don't get me wrong. He's got that deep ball. He's going to get it to Pierce and MPJ. MPJ is going to get his his – uh, targets and Jelani Woods is going to dominate in the red zone, but look for guys like uh, Josh Towns and McKenzie to potentially surprise you with a lot of volume. All right. All right. Now, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the five wide receiver set, and I'm going to get back to that a little bit later because I have something I want to talk to you all about. And I'm pretty sure Meg might know what it is, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a, she might know what it is, but we're good. We're going to get there. But I do have to talk about the rest of the draft. I can't just, you know, skip over the rest of the guys. And, you know, you have to applaud them because only a certain amount of football players get drafted. So, you know, it is an achievement to get drafted as well. So applause to them. Uh, But I want to talk about this uh, draft. You drafted three cornerbacks in position of need, I would say. So you you draft uh, Julian Brents. uh, You draft uh, Darius Rush. And you draft Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M in the seventh round. Now, of these three cornerbacks, I mean, honestly, I think all of them have a good chance to potentially make this roster because if you look at the cornerback position, when you have Kenny Moore and you have a bunch of other guys that people really either don't know or you're not sure can actually play. So with these three guys, I mean, do you think that Ballard actually hit it on the head with actually drafting more competition at this position. Um, I'll send this one to you, Drake. So the fact that, I mean, I I was outside of quarterback. I don't know if there was a, a bigger position need than corner because this is no knock on Dallas Flyers for the love of goodness. It's really not. But you had Kenny Moore, who at the time was up in the air. Uh, but now you've got Kenny Moore pre-draft, Isaiah Rogers Sr., and then – Dallas Flowers, who is it really a return specialist who's still trying to learn how to play cornerback, and then a couple assortment of like practice squad guys or guys that are just depth pieces. So I honestly thought that they would sign Shaquille Griffin. I, I thought that was done deal. It's it fits Gus Bradley. He's still young. But the fact that they got three corners and they got the one they really wanted in Brent's without even having to pick him when they had the spot. <clears throat> then they get Darius Rush when he's in the fifth round and he's a third round prospect. And then they get Jalen Jones in the seventh round when he's a fifth round prospect. And I mean, each one of these guys, especially Julius, Julius Brents, man, I mean, you're talking about a guy, I don't know if there's ever, I think it's that he has the longest, the biggest wingspan of any defensive back that's ever been drafted. I don't know if I remember that correctly, but he's a freak. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he I, you can't tell me Gus Bradley wasn't like, please, for the love of God go get this guy, do whatever you have to do to get him. Cause he's going to be great in zone. He's going to have to learn how to play man a little bit better, but I think that they needed this really bad. And I still do think they're going to sign somebody just maybe not like a Shaquille Griffin type of like level player. Now, now let me just uh, say something. Let me introduce a term 
I mean, Meg, you might know this term. I, I, actually, this will be new to you. This will be new to you probably too, Drake. But you're talking about players that are out there to fill roster spots and things like that. I have a term for them. I call them alphabet soup because, you know, you got all them letters and numbers and names and all that stuff, all in the whatever. But really, it's just alphabet soup. It's going to get ate up and disappear. <laughs> basically, it's alphabet soup. That is awesome. That's good. So, That's good. You know, so basically you had two corners in alphabet soup, basically. Um, <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, that, you know, adding to the team, I definitely can say, yeah, you definitely added to the team. You added some players you needed. And you add some competition, which is very, very key, which, you know, I definitely think there'll be a veteran guy. I honestly think it'll be closer to camp than there actually will be. Uh, it won't be June. I think it'll be more in camp. Or, and also with, you know, the way rosters are, are kind of fluid these days, maybe somebody comes out of retirement, perhaps. You never know. You never know. You know, you know people can't, get, uh, can't get, uh, get enough of football these days, especially former players. Um, but, uh, you know, what other, uh, Meg, I'm going to send this one to you. Uh, what other players do you think, um, you know, were kind of good picks or, or good moves for the, uh, the Colts as well? You know, and of course, if you need a kind of refresher of who they, who they drafted, I do have that right here. Uh, and right so, here. yeah, so do I, I had to pull it up myself so I didn't forget anybody. I'm, my memory is pretty good, but 12 picks and Hey, you're bound to forget someone. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I will, I will go. Hmm. Some other really good picks. Blake, uh, Blake Freeland was a really good one that I thought was was solid pickup for them. Um, I would also say was not shocked to see them draft safety, but I thought Daniel Scott out of Cal was a, was a solid pick there. Um, there's one more that I thought was – well, actually two more that I thought were really good. So Evan Holm tore it up at Senior Bowl, had a really good Senior Bowl, and then was hilarious at the Combine. He was running all of his drills – into the end zone when he was finishing. I mean, just absolute every single drill into the end zone, like taking off running. And um, in my mind, I jokingly had said, how hilarious would that be if that's his end zone that he's like running into, like his new end zone. Um, and that was like a joke. And then when I saw the Colts draft him, I'm like, all right, Chris Ballard, thank you. You can thank me later. Um, but I thought it was a really good, really solid pick. Um, this is not a slight to anybody that we, you know, currently have sitting behind JT, but certainly you need some more, um, some more dynamics back there. I think I'm not particularly confident in what their plan is with Zach Moss. I, I have no idea. Um, it was very unclear towards the end of the season. Like there wasn't really consistency in the way that they utilized him. So I would be curious to see what happens there. Um, and while I do like Dion, again, not really quite sure. Like, you know, if, if, uh, if he makes roster again, I mean, you've got, you've got some competition now there, you know, behind JT, but I think, it, you know, Evan Hole's going to be phenomenal. I think behind, uh, behind Taylor. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing him play. Um, there's one more that I thought was really interesting. It was Titus Leo. Um, I had to go look the guy up. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, who? Come um, on, you don't know Wagner University, Meg? I, I did not. Uh, <laughs> but, no, the funny thing is, though, so Titus gets drafted, and I'm like, okay, I have no idea who this guy is. But then Jake Wick gets drafted, and I'm like, oh, I've had that guy mocked to us in the late rounds for a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks now. And I'm like, so it's just interesting, again, like, you know, you get in the later rounds and you start trying to rack your brain, or why are you seeing these guys? Uh, but I thought that was a very interesting pick as well. Um, some places have him listed as an edge. Uh, some places have him listed as a linebacker. So I'll be curious to see how they utilize him. Um, but I think with the loss of um, of uh, 
you know, uh, Bobby O'Karake to the Giants. Like now you got to start thinking about like what your linebacker, you know, depth looks like there. Zaire Franklin obviously did a phenomenal job with, with Shaquille uh, out. Um, and I think EJ Speed will be fine, of course, in his role as well, but can't hurt to have extra extra folks there. Um, you know, to Drake's point earlier, the linebacker core is very much similar to the to the uh, cornerback core, where a lot of the depth guys are also special teamers. Um, so, you know, you need folks who are who their first, I guess you could say part of the position is, hey, I play linebacker first or, hey, I play corner first instead of the other way around where, oh, yeah, I'm a special teamer. And sometimes I kind of, you know, step in uh, for depth reasons. So I'll say this. Overall, I thought the Colts did really well at filling lots of positions of need. Wasn't necessarily just a plug for need, but certainly when you come away with 12 picks, like it's almost impossible not to like, you know, at least get all of your needs there. But I thought they did phenomenal in, in, you know, getting some, um, some depth. And then they signed, what is it, like 15 undrafted free agents. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have some tough decisions to make here once uh, once cuts start happening. Yeah, you know, or, or they're going to have a nice bit of alphabet soup. But, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, going on to the next uh, the next thing. You know, you got the good things, but you always got to talk about the bad things. And I have a bone to pick with Valor. I do. You have Mo Ali Cox. You have Carolyn Branson. You have Jelani Woods. Then you go draft Will Mallory at tight end. Why? Why, Ballard? Why? I have one more, too. You got Drew Ogletree, too. Yeah, I know. Drew (laughs) Ogletree. So, you know, I'm like, you just waste a draft pick on a guy. You really don't need him, but, you know. Like, hey, you know, maybe maybe we'll bring him in for a camp body or something. You know, we just draft him for that. You know, we got 12 picks. We can draft somebody for that. But honestly, just being being, being honest, I, I kind of did not understand that draft pick when the tight end position is not really a position where I'm like, okay, cool. I need somebody there. The, the only team I could say that the, the one team, the two teams I, I could say that are three, I could say that in the division that needed someone to tight end. That would be the Titans, that would be the Texans, and that would be the Jaguars. But not the Colts. They got everybody there. So that just means <laughs> I mean, Drake, can you help me? Can you help me understand this? Why they drafted this man? You know, uh, I, I share your sentiment there. When it happened, I, I was I, I actually said to myself after the Daniel Scott pick, oh, it looks like Ballard's not gonna get himself a tight end this time. And uh then they <laughs> then they did. And and you know. At first, I was I was like, what are you, you know, what is this? What what could possibly be the need? I mean, you're talking about potentially maybe they're thinking Farrell Brown might not make the roster, but they did bring him in to be more of a blocker. Maybe they're pushing Kylan Granson like, hey, you know, if you really want to be the get up and go guy, the move tight end, well, beat the fastest tight end in the entire draft. I mean, this is literally the fastest tight end in the entire NFL draft. So maybe Shane Steichen was like, Hey, we've got a lot of picks. I want this guy. That's the only thing I can think of is that maybe he's going to use him for mismatch purposes. I mean, one of those tight ends is going to get dealt off though. Um, I initially thought it was Mo Alleycox, but then actually um, another guy on the horseshoe huddle named Andrew Moore said, I think that they're going to keep him there because he offers veteran like stability. He's going to be able to help these, these rookies. And even a guy like Will Mallory, Honestly, this is kind of a hot take, but it seems like Pharaoh Brown or Kylan Granson somehow are like looking like the odd men out. Mostly Pharaoh Brown to me, because I think that Will Mallory is an underrated blocker. He's like 250, but he could he could block a lot better than he looks. But 
Definitely, in my opinion, I'm right there with you, Mike. I think that that's the most questionable pick. I, I have to look at that one and say, you know, I don't really know what the thinking was, but maybe maybe we're all looking at Dallas Clark 2.0 for all we know. So I will say this. <laughs> Can I, one, more, one more thing I want to say. You said about Kylan Granson potentially being cut. Boy, oh boy, I'm pretty sure there's some teams around the NFL that are like, or trade, make something. I mean, it's a hot take, but it's just so interesting that they would get a move tight end. Like maybe they felt like they needed one since they got Brown and Ogletree blocking. So I'll, I'll add a little bit if you don't mind, Mike. Um, so yeah. I thought that they definitely would come away at least with one tight end in this draft, mainly particularly because you've missed the blocking of Jack Doyle. Um, so think about an offensive line that is, I mean, just absolutely putrid throughout the year. And there really wasn't a tight end on the roster who could help block and create lanes. So at minimum, I thought, uh, again, senior bowl, if you're going to go there and look, Payne Durham um, <laughs> I, was a guy that I had maybe potentially them drafting, which I was really just disappointed to see him not Me be in a uniform. Yeah. Um, but solid blocking guy. He's not going to wow you with, you know, uh, you know, red zone uh, <laughs> tally touchdowns or things like that. He could be a target there, but solid blocking guy with with hands. So that would help. Here's where I differ on the tight end take is that Moelle Cox, they paid him to be the guy only because Jack Doyle wasn't on the roster anymore. So they had to kind of say, hey, uh, yeah, you're a veteran guy now. We're going to pay you like it. Um, and yeah, we expect that out of you, but you haven't really gotten the production from, from Mo Alley Cox that you expect of the contract that he received and for the, the responsibilities that they put on him. Um, so I think that's why you heard him this offseason. Um, you know, hey, potential trade target. Hey, he could be on the trade block. I still think he could be traded at some point. Um, Kylan Granson is someone who I could see if they moved on from, but I would also argue that he hasn't really been utilized properly. You don't really know truly what you have in Kylan. I think at one point last season, we saw him playing special teams in the Chiefs game, and I was like, what is happening here? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was great, but I just was like, what are we doing with this guy? Like, you know, you drafted him to be kind of the – Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to eat up yards in the middle of the field. You know, you needed that, that sort of uh, change of pace at the tight end room. Um, I think it also makes sense when you don't know what you have in Drew Ogletree. He was tearing up camp last year before he got hurt and Hey, you hope that he can be the same player, but you're not quite sure. So at this point, like, I think the Colts definitely need the the depth and clearly they've got it now with Will Mallory. They've got Pharaoh Brown. They've got, you know, Mo Alley Cox, uh, Jelani, uh, Kylan. That's a lot of depth there. But I think you're going to see that, hey, we need to figure out here what we have. Um, and I do think that Pharaoh may not make the, you know, may not make the roster there. Um, but I, I do think that Mo also could be on the same sort of like, hey, we'll ship you out here and we'll go younger at the position. Especially when also Jelani Woods uh, showed some flashes last season, I thought. And I thought he showed way more um, you know, dynamic plays that I've seen out of Mo in a long time. Um, and that's, that's saying a whole lot. So I, I had no problems with the Will Mallory pick. I was stoked. Did again, didn't think that I would see him in a Colts uniform. Um, I just figured, Hey, they're going to draft some guy in like the sixth or seventh round because they need, you know, could use a blocking tight end sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the fact that it was Will Mallory, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, well, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, wasn't expecting it. I, I do think that, you know, Will Mallory will be used. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what this tight end room uh, looks like this season. Now, I will say this, you you may, there is always a possibility that you don't see Will Mallory in the uniform. He could be in street clothes. 
there's always that possibility. You know, you, you <laughs> steal my joy. <laughs> hey, I do have to pick a little bit. You know, it, I, it wouldn't be me if I didn't. I, but, I know. Uh, still you know, we, enjoy. Well, we do have a little bit of uh, comments in the uh, tour in the AFC South inbox. Of course, uh, Sarah Small yep. uh, said her buddy is Dallas Clark. I miss him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the rest of the division does not miss 44 running all over people. No, 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 no. But hey, uh, you know, definitely he was a very, very talented tight end. And, uh, you know, very talented player for the Colts during the Peyton Manning era. Now, we have finished talking about the draft. Everyone's given their thoughts. Of course, Anthony Richardson, Josh Downs, the other players that were drafted. We don't want to slight them at all. But at the end of every show, we have a game. There's five questions, two answers, and one choice. You have to pick one. We're going to make it short, sweet, and quick. Is everybody ready? Drake, Megan, you ready? I'm good. Let's ready. go. Let's do it. All right. Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison? Which is the better wide receiver? Which one are you taking as your wide receiver? I'm going to go with you first, Megan. Let's keep it quick. Let's uh, gotta make an Reggie, answer. Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne. Okay. Go ahead, Drake. I also have to go Reggie Wayne just because of what he did with Andrew Luck in his first year. All right, well, I'm going to say that's pretty smart of both of you to go with uh, to say one person's name and not say the other. See, I was the only person that said that man's name on this show. See, <laughs> now I got to I got to watch my back. The streets is watching. But uh, you know, as far as the next one, we've got Jacoby Brissett or Philip Rivers. Which one did you like as the Colts quarterback more? Like is a, is it's a strong word. Like more is it's a strong phrase. Um, mm-hmm. I, mm. I'll, I'll say I'll say I I was re, I I liked the Philip Rivers signing, but overall I'd say I'd like I liked Jacoby Brissett more because I was rooting so just so dang hard for the guy because of what happened with Luck and how he got thrown into the starting position. I might agree. I might agree. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that as well. Okay, I got another one for you. A couple former Colts. Who are you taking at tight end? Cody Fleener or Ken Dilger? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I taking, dipped in the bag on that one. I'm taking 100% Ken Dilger because of that ridiculous blocking ability. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to say Kobe Fleener just because I was so blind. <laughs> the time when they drafted him and i remember screaming like jim ursay please go get this man we want him and i have to stay true to my you know to my original pick so i'm gonna okay. take over all right all right all right uh let's see what do we got next let me go look and see all right which one is more likely to happen jonathan taylor for 1200 yards or michael Pittman jr for 1100 yards receiving mm. That's a thinker. Yeah. I say that, right, I'm not going to – I'm going to quote Jamel Hill. This is where the controversy happens. That's what she <laughs> usually says. But, you know, but, you know, that, that, that is totally Jamel Hill's thing. I, I, I'm not trying to get sued over here. But uh, – <laughs> I'm going to say – I'm going to say MPJ for 1,100 because he was close to 1,000 yards uh, this season with, with pretty – 
putrid options throwing him the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go MPJ 1100. I'm I I res- gosh I I respect that so much because it's like the guy the guy pretty much had I think like a hundred he had like if not a hundred he had nearly hundred catches with three different quarterbacks. One of those guys was Nick Foles who didn't even throw a touchdown. <laughs> Um, that's really hard not to argue against, but with that, hypothetically, let's say that Anthony Richardson starts, I think it's a shoe in that Taylor gets 1200 rushing yards, but even if he doesn't, I think that they're going to want to get him back to square one. And I think that that's going to help Michael Pittman. But I think if there's one that's more likely it's, it's Jonathan Taylor factoring in Anthony Richardson starting. Still, uh, I will say this, and this is no shame or slight towards Michael Pittman Jr., I still think he's the number two wide receiver. I still don't think he's number one. But, hey, he, he could prove me wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Very fair. All right. And the last one. Josh Downs. Top rookie wide receiver in AFC South this year, or are you taking the field? Now, there is Tank Dell out there. Remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm, I'm thinking of who the, the rookie wide receivers are. You got you got you got Colton Dow that's uh seventh round draft pick for the Titans, which you know given the Titans uh wide receiver room, he's six three, about two eighteen. He could make the team. He's the biggest wide receiver walking in just off the street. Hmm. Yeah, Houston I'm, also got Xavier Hutchinson, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah they I'm got not thinking. two guys. I'm actually going to take the field on this one, mainly because uh, the field doesn't have as many options as the Colts do at the wide receiver room. Um, I would also take the field because I I think it's going to take some time for Anthony Richardson and Josh Downs. Like, not necessarily like, hey, that they won't find each other, but give it like sophomore season. I think you're going to see a big jump there. Uh, but rookie season, both of them being rookies. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to take the field, though. Okay. Taking the field, Drake. Um, I see. I, I really like what Meg said about it. it's. It's going to take time. And the thing is, NFL speed is just so much more. It's like uh, you know, going from regional golf or, or like regional go karting, you know, to NASCAR in some cases. And so you, you're just you're dealing with these ridiculously large defensive backs and linebackers that can keep up with you. I think downs is going to be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Maybe could be rookie of the year, but I think if we're talking about the accuracy of CJ Stroud, I think if we're talking about how they're going to figure out ways to get Tank Dell the ball, that's really hard for me not to think that he might not even lead the team in catches. I mean, they, they got, they got nothing. There's no more Brandon cooks. So it's, it's like Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, Robert Woods. Oh yeah, they do. Okay, so they do have Robert Woods. He, are you I, I counting think that? Are you really guy. counting that though? I I I will, I will say this: <laughs> if they if, if they deploy him correctly, could be he actually 12. will produce. The thing is, yeah, the correctly Titans use him as an outside. <laughs> the Titans use him as an outside receiver. He is more of a slot guy. If he plays in the slot, oh yeah, you betcha, he's gonna cook some folks in the slot. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going Tank Dell, though. I think he's going to have an incredible season, but it'll come down to those two, I think, between Josh Downs and Tank Dell, for sure. All right. Well, that's five questions, two answers, and one choice. Both of you are off the hot seat, and that is the end of the show. I want to thank my guests, Drake Wally and Megan Hall, for coming on the show. And if you can, ladies first, Meg, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and, uh, of course, uh, what all you're working on as well. 
yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at the Megan Hall. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok. It's Hall About Sports Pod P O D. Um, you can find me on YouTube, Hall About Sports. So it's a play on my name. Uh, and of course, you have HallAboutSports.com, which is a brand new website that I started, which is all my like passion projects, things I just feel like ranting about. Uh, if you want to hear about, if you want to hear from me about uh, other subjects that aren't Colts football, that's where you go for that. Uh, but otherwise, ColtsWire.USAToday.com. You can find all the latest content from me and the staff at ColtsWire. And shout out to the brand new writer, Cody Felger. He's brand, brand new, like this this week new. Uh, so I just shout out to him. Uh, we got two Cody's now on staff, which is always, <laughs> always fun for the chaos. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to shout him out because uh, he's just joined a wonderful staff and we're excited to have him. So. Well, now he's only known by his last name because you had two Cody's. But, uh, <laughs> I just start with, I just start saying whole names. I'm like, hey, Cody, this guy, Cody, that guy, and that's the only, that's the only way I can do it. Yeah, I hear you there. Well, Drake, you're up next. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what all you're working on. Yeah, so um, I find me at, at DWalster Drake on Twitter, and um, I'm working for Horseshoe Huddle uh, for SI, which is the channel for the Indianapolis Colts and Sports Illustrated. That's at Colts F or at Colts, or excuse me, at Colts on FN. Can't talk today. Um, and then we just recently, myself and my co host Andrew Moore for our podcast, just partnered with all the platforms. So you can find us at Horseshoe Huddle um, on Apple, Google, or whatever. Whatever you listen to. And then, of course, Horseshoe Huddle on YouTube. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for a lot of content. I, I know that Meg knows what I'm talking about when, uh, you know, once uh, once training camp starts getting underway and once OTAs start getting underway, the content just doesn't stop uh, flowing until about, you know, July. So definitely keep reading up. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, thank you all again for uh, joining me to kind of break down the Indianapolis Colts draft. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.